Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Thursday, November 16th, 2023. I'm David Menzies. Oh, and here she is. She was on a phone call. Uh, I'll introduce my co-host to you now, folks. But before I do, do you know that today is International Day of Tolerance? And I asked my friend off the air, do you plan to celebrate International Day of Tolerance? And she yelled at me, stop bugging me with your stupid questions. So I guess it's no. She is the she-devil with a spatula. She is the Khaleesi of BC. She is Drea Humphrey. How you doing there, Drea? I'm doing good. And hopefully people who follow my journalism know that I would never yell at you, David. <laughs> and that I'm very tolerant. I think we have to be tolerant in order to get out there with our boots on the ground and not lose our mind. But I'm doing good. That is so true, folks. Uh, what I said in my preamble was a true story that I just made up. <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> I, I see you're off your very important phone call just in the nick of time. And uh, Drea, a packed schedule of things in the news. Uh, no such thing as a slow news these days. If you're in the media and you think that a single day is a slow news day these days, uh, uh, you better reconsider another uh, profession. But before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, what is it that we are ostensibly trying to do here, my friend? Well, in case you're new to the Daily Roundup, it's where, like Menzies just mentioned, we go through <laughs> the current affairs, but also something really cool goes down. Then that means you can be part of the show. So everything is live. It's unscripted. We're just talking and you can join in by going to Rumble or Odyssey and partaking in a live chat on Rumble. It's called a Rumble Rant. And you comment there, you can talk about what we're talking about or give us another uh, piece of news. And it's just a really cool way to be a part of the show, but also support our journalism, which has many costs. So if you do a donation, we try to read that and make that part of the show. And also we have a really cool promotion to talk about too today, which is local. So I'm just going to read a little bit about that. So basically, if you hate censorship like I do and you're for freedom of speech, then you can hop on over for a limited time. Uh, Rebel News is offering an exclusive deal to all of our followers on Locals. So Locals is an all-in-one social media solution where you can access your favorite content and interact with communities you care about, like us, hopefully. And the first 100 supporters to use the code support free speech when purchasing an annual subscription at locals.com will receive an additional free month of our premium content. So that's two months free. Your subscription includes all sorts of things like access to our paywalled shows like the Ezra Levant show, the gun show, and our feature documentaries. So if you click on the link in the description box below, you can subscribe for one year of our premium content at locals.com. And again, that is code support free speech. So yeah, it's a really cool site if you haven't checked it out and the walls are closing in on freedom of speech online. So you might as well get with it while you can. Indeed. What a deal. Christmas in November. What are you waiting yeah. for, folks? What a deal. Uh, well, you know, as I said, Andrea, lots to talk about. First of all, Trudeau uh, is in San Francisco. Before we get into the news item, uh, do you think he wore something? Because when he goes around the globe, uh, especially to India, he likes to, I don't know, culturally appropriate what right. he thinks is uh, appropriate uh, dress. I'm thinking if he's going to San Francisco, 
a sailor suit maybe, or maybe uh, <laughs> given his reach outs constantly to the LGBTDQ2SI, et cetera, community, perhaps a sailor moon suit. I, I don't know, uh, but <laughs> I, I'd, I'd pay a dollar to see that as the guy in Robocop used to say, but we'll throw to a video and let's put it this way, folks. Normally when Gavin Newsom, the governor of California says something, he makes me laugh in the department of unintentional humor. This time he said something and he, it was actually truly and genuinely funny and a bit risque too. Uh, and oh, what a beauty. Blackface was the butt of the joke. Let's roll that video <laughs> and analyze it on the other side. Great to see you. I have to see you. When did you get in, by the way? I got in uh, a few hours ago. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, in, I was in, in Vancouver last night. Well, let me be the first to welcome you. <laughs> you are the first to welcome me. Quite literally. Uh, what, a, what a pleasure to be back. Uh, it's always so good to see you. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, obviously. I'm, I'm speaking of Golden Gate. I think I'm, you gave me these socks last time. Unbelievable. So, you know. Maybe, maybe You're someone still did. Doing anyway. those socks. I, well, you know what? What have you ever been caught with black socks on? I mean, is that no, a, a just too embarrassing? <laughs> just too embarrassing. Uh, listen, so much, uh, so much to talk about uh, on climate, on. You know, Drea, I think the joke either went over Blackface's head, or he was so shocked that he immediately yeah. tried to change the uh, topic. What a killjoy. Let's talk about the climate crisis. <laughs> Why don't we? But you know what? I got to say, um, that's a hell of a joke uh, yeah. to say to an, an, another international uh, head of state. And what it says to me, Drea, is that Blackface's credibility is so low, mm -hmm. he mm -hmm. is now being openly mocked by other yeah. leaders. They're not just chatting behind his back. What say you, my friend? Right to his face. And you said <laughs> that you don't know if that reaction was just, I think he's so used to this happening now because I've seen him get made fun of to his face like that before. And he just immediately, you know, it switched track, pretends he didn't see it, but it's hilarious. And yeah, I got to give credit where credit's due. That was really funny with Newsom. But let's think of Trudeau. He says we have a lot of important things to talk about. And the first thing he says after that is, let's talk about my socks. And so he's <laughs> rooting around his drawer. I got to wear those socks that Newsom gave me. Where's my socks Newsom gave me? And Newsom acts like he barely remembers giving the socks and then and then hits him with the blackface comment hilarious so yeah. yeah he's an international embarrassment and that's just more evidence of it and, and you know drea we we shouldn't just draw the line with his nickname blackface because when he does dress up when he does impersonate for reasons that are beyond my pay grade black people it's not just the face it's his arms it's his legs yeah. i mean i'm never his i tongue. don't think in the he did his tongue once Oh yeah, I, I mean, I don't and think black back people in don't the... have black tongues. Like, what is that? You know what? You've nailed it. I have always focused as bad as the blackface is. It's this idea of sticking out his tongue like he's a, yeah. a panting sled dog. Is this his perception of how black people go about their business? They are constantly panting that they're tongue is hanging out as though they're another species. I mean, I think that's more offensive than the uh, black panty slaps on 
And I can't even explain that fetish. It's not just a Halloween thing. Uh, but what do you think about that, Drea? Yeah, I remember I probably wouldn't be able to find it fast enough. I'm not as quick as uh, the producers behind the screen, but I did find an image that it reminded me of with his tongue. And that wasn't the black tongue, but the pink tongue. And it reminded me of, you know, the big lit black characters that they would do with the tongue coming out and the big teeth and stuff. So it totally reminds me of that. But if you have to paint your legs black, like how long does that process take? What is wrong with an individual who does <laughs> not once, but more than once. It, it's it's nuts. But yeah. again, people are call him out, calling him out on it. It's bizarre, and he'll go to the extent. Oh, there there he is. Uh, I think that was the Arabian Nights thing out in your neck mm -hmm. of the woods, Drea, at that <clears throat> school. That's a big mystery because you know, folks, something happened there. We don't know what. There's tons of rumors, but it's very unusual for a teacher. Mm to resign midterm. It is almost unheard of for a teacher to bring a lawyer to the principal's office right. to deliver the resignation note. Uh, we can't get anyone to talk. I remember uh, myself and our uh, ex-alumnus, uh, uh, Kian Bexty, we flew out uh, to that school and tried to get some answers, nothing doing. Uh, we also flew down to uh, North Carolina where one of the teachers is now located. It, it's almost as though they're in fear or there's been a non-disclosure agreement, uh, you know, authored. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's this idea of I'm going to entirely blacken my body and wear a, a pair of jeans with a hole in it. Th there he is. There's mm -hmm. the arms. Uh, there, you know, I'm going <laughs> to make sure people know my legs are black by having ripped yeah. jeans. You know, Drea, not even Al Jolson back in the vaudeville days <laughs> did this kind of, you know, uh, embodiment of uh, black face paint. Uh, and I will say this, the final note is, <clears throat> had that been old video of, say, Stephen Harper, dressing up like mm -hmm. that with videos mm -hmm. and photos. Do you know, I think it would still be in the news cycle today uh, and oh, being condemned sure. as a racist, but he got to skate on this, did he not? Oh, totally. And I just want to say, if you got any information about what went down on that school, tips at rebelnews.com, right? <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, another video, um, you know, it's very interesting, this summit in San Francisco. Um, one of the most fascinating things is what happened in San Francisco, Drea, before the summit began, which is, um, you know, homeless drug addicts uh, where basically, uh, you know, the authorities came in and got them out of Dodge. We don't want any international leaders to see our homeless and drug addiction problem, uh, especially President Xi from China. And you know what the perverse irony is, Drea? Most of these addicts, I would say, are addicted to fentanyl. Where is fentanyl coming from? China. And the Biden administration is going out of its way to make sure that the biggest sugar daddy in the world in terms of those drugs isn't going to see uh, the after effects. It is unexplainable. But from that to, well, wouldn't you know it, anti-Israel activists blocking off San Francisco's Bay Bridge. Let's check that out. <clears throat> Now. 
Well, I'm sure. Oh, go ahead. Go on. I was just going to say, you've got people trying to go to work, trying to pick up their kids from school or whatever, and you're calling ceasefire in Canada. This it not only does it not make sense, it's an actual blockade. And so what's going to be done about that? Eh. <laughs> well, you know, funny enough, uh, I'm sure blackface um, uh, condones that message uh, as if he had any kind of power, like he's uh, Commissioner Gordon. He's got a red phone that can phone Batman directly in the Batcave and say, St- put down your guns. But if there's any discussion of a ceasefire, Drea, it, that can't take place until step one is achieved or goal one, and that is the release of the 242 of the hostages. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't understand why the pro Hamas people never mention that. I don't understand, and and right now the the main uh, hospital in Gaza City uh, that is the focus of their um, claims of uh, Zionist genocide. When we all know that there is a spider web of tunnels under that hospital. It's not just Mm -hmm. Israel intelligence that's saying that. U.S. intelligence has confirmed that is the case. And what we see, and and by the way, um, Gazans, this is the uh, worst kept secret in the Middle East, that the uh, head honchos of uh, Hamas are under this hospital. And, you know, the apologists will point to, well, you know, they interview nurses, they interview doctors, and they go, oh, uh, we have no knowledge of any tunnels under the hospital. They're saying that because (laughs) if they say, yeah, Yeah. that's true, they're dead. Exactly. Like, (laughs) just just picture that. You have tunnels for terrorists underneath you, and you're just going to be like, what are you going to do? Start, like, winking and nodding your head? Like, yeah, they're right beneath me. It's so silly, and we've seen it before, not just hospitals, but schools, um, where there's weapons being held in that area by Hamas, and you're absolutely right when you say, like, these anti-Israel protests, they're saying, cease fire now, without mention of the hostages. I'm sorry, but on October 7th, did they not go in there and completely massacre people and take hundreds of innocent people children are there there's babies over there and you're not saying release the hostages it's it's really really disturbing to be honest yeah massacre is the right word i haven't seen the video evidently there's a 47 mini minute video Ugh. circulating i i know uh before it got out uh selected journalists got to see it members of congress in the u.s got to see it uh, mm-hmm. people, I understand, leave the viewing uh, room unable to speak. Uh, it is that traumatic uh, beheadings, uh, people being burned alive, uh, yeah. rapes, murder, uh, just absolutely grotesque. But, you know, to ignore October 7th, which, you know, Israeli President Benjamin Netanyahu, I'm sorry, folks. There you go. As he has said, um, if you do the population corollary between what happened to the U.S. on September 11th, 2001, and what happened in Israel October 7th of this year, uh, it works out to, on a proportionate basis, 20 9-11s, given the population Mm. of Israel and given the population of the U.S. So could you imagine that on September 12th, 2001, any world leaders going to uh, the Bush administration at the time and going, uh, can we talk about a ceasefire? Can we stand down? Uh, no. 
It, it That's not going to happen. And for the life of me, Drea, I think the pro-Hamas demonstrators would have some more credibility if they were more objective, which is mm -hmm. to say what we discussed just a second ago. Have the hostages released? Have the perpetrators of this humanitarian crime surrender? And then, and only then, we talk ceasefire. Well, the protest started happening before there was any fire I happening know. from Israel. So that says a lot right there. You have a terrorist attack. We have seen some footage of what happened. We know what happened. And there was already protests out there that were anti-Israel, taking that opportunity before the fire was happening. And then now, again, it's this call for ceasefire without releasing, doing the very first step that needs to happen and hasn't happened for how many days now? It's, it's getting close to a month. Oh, no, uh, 100%. And, and, you know, it, in a way, I kind of feel uh, sorry for blackface. Um, you know, he he has stated his position on Israel that ended up getting him personally tagged on a tweet uh, from uh, BB and also uh, his mortal opposition leader in Israel, uh, in which he talked about, what was it? What was the actual wording? An extreme... Um, an extreme ceasefire or something like that. Uh, the point is, Drea, is um, he offended both the governing party in Israel and the opposition party that they both tagged him in a response to him, uh, basically on what we just discussed, the October 7th massacre, the fact that there's still 242 hostages uh, being incarcerated somewhere in the Gaza Strip. So... I'm bringing this up because the reason I almost feel sorry for blackface, and I want to hear your thoughts on it because wow. this is your backyard. Uh, in Trudeau, just the other night, um, mm -hmm. you had uh, blackface uh, go into a, um, I think it was a Chinese restaurant. Rest, it was in Chinatown. So it was. Okay, then. And it, it looks like, based on what he's wearing, he looks like he's dressing as one of the servers, for goodness sake. Um, but... The pro-Hamas types uh, had surrounded the place. I understand, what was it, 100 Vancouver police officers had to come yeah. out there. Someone was tasered. Another person was arrested. Um, but I look at this video, uh, Drea, and I see the look of a defeated man here. He's mm -hmm. not smiling. He's not doing that goofy wave. Um, give us a rundown of what happened in Vancouver the other day. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, Trudeau can't win. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say I feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will point out that this was a pop-up surprise protest that took place. Uh, that's kind of what they call it, spontaneous. And I've covered quite a few of the sort of F. Trudeau freedom crowd that has done that. And never have I come across in Vancouver any of them getting arrested. So like you said, 100 VPD officers were deployed wow. uh, last second from all of across Vancouver to go address this. Um, it's not just one protester that was arrested. It was two protesters, one of which who the VPD say punched a, a male, punched a female officer in the face and then attempted to gouge her eyes out. What? Uh, the other. Yes, this is this is some crazy stuff. This is not your typical pop up uh, Trudeau um, 
protests. The other one was arrested for obstructing police. The police said that they linked arms, um, protesters linked arms, and also that um, they also went through sort of a barricade of sorts that the VPD tried to put up. Um, so basically, I mean, we might even have a little clip, but I'm pretty sure I just recap cap most of it. But the in the media release from the VPD, uh, they said that since October 7th, he used words something like they have seen heightened emotions in protests. And so they're trying to keep the peace with these protests, but they are noticing a rise. Another interesting thing um, more generally that uh, he said was that normally they see in the last few years around 800 protests in Vancouver, and they're on track to seeing a thousand this uh, year, which is quite interesting, just showing how many people are out there for different causes and things like this. But again, one of them was arrested for punching a female officer, allegedly punching a female officer, and then trying to gouge her eyes out. So pretty serious stuff here going on. What would the charge be? I, I mean, I would suggest if you are trying to gouge her eyes out, I don't know if that means he was using his fingers or he had a knife, but that gets close, I think, I'm not a lawyer, to attempted murder. Um, especially if it's somebody in a law enforcement uh, uniform, that is absolutely uh, bizarre. I did not know that, Drea. That is uh, just uh, absolutely so dire. And, and uh, I wonder what that individual was thinking, uh, given that there were another 99 police officers. It mm. wasn't something he was doing to somebody off duty in a dark alley. Um, but that is uh, absolutely outrageous. And I, I see you have a video here. Um I, I mean, sometimes, Drea, I, I feel as though I live in bizarro Superman uh, planet we do. where everything <laughs> is the opposite because we have a significant portion, it would seem, of the LGBT, you know, the, the, the Rainbow Mafia folks yes. um, going to bat uh, for Hamas. And um, you got a great quote here from uh, a man in Israel, in Vancouver. Why don't we run that video and see what he has to say about this inexplicable support? They are demonizing Israel. They're, you know, supporting Hamas, and yet they don't realize that under Hamas and under, you know, let's say if, God forbid, you know, Hamas were to be ruling them, they're killing gay and lesbian people. They're killing also Christian minorities. There are many Palestinians that are Christian that are finding themselves being discriminated and even killed um, under Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, they also are finding that, for example, rights of women are being suppressed. So what I don't understand is why would uh, people within the gay, lesbian, and transgendered community support a regime that would kill them. It's almost as illogical and just senseless as if you were to have uh, Jewish people supporting Nazis. I've never seen a protest where Jews were standing up for Nazis or for Hitler, or I've never seen a protest where you had blacks for the KKK and say, I volunteered a, as a human shield to be lynched and burned at, the, at a tree because I don't want the right to vote, or I don't like the idea of, of sitting at the front of the bus and I should still have my right to vote taken away and not be allowed to drink from a public fountain. That wouldn't make sense. In Israel, we have two, uh, I know that there's two lesbian women who've been elected to the Knesset, one of which has a same-sex partner and children. We have a famous singer, Dana International, who's transgendered that we celebrate. 
Some people, you know, have their objections, but she, she won the Eurovision Award. We have Gay Pride Parade um, and also um, recognition uh, for gay and lesbian people within the military in Israel. And of course, they have the Gay Pride Festival and Parade in Tel Aviv. Imagine if gay and lesbian people or transgendered people were to go live in a place ruled by Hamas. How wonderful do they think it would be? He's so right, um, Dre. Yeah. I love that analogy. Uh, it's like Jews in support of the Nazis. It's like black people supporting the Ku Klux Klan. And look at that, queers for Palestine. You know, have your little queer pride parade uh, in Gaza or uh, so many other countries in the Middle East. Uh, Israel is the only nation, as that man mentioned, that has mm -hmm. uh, a gay pride parade. You know, tell me, Drea, I've got my theory. I want to hear your theory. Why is it we see members of this community that should be denouncing the likes of Hamas, um, especially given, as he said, and he's not exaggerating, it's a death sentence. And typically the way the death sentence is carried out is you're brought to the um, top of a building and you are thrown to your death, all right? Um, why would someone like that, I mean, the analogy I always use, uh, Dre, it's like chickens marching in support of Colonel Saunders. Um, why would this community take a stance for Palestine? You know, I think this is a pattern we're seeing over and over, not just with this, uh, with Israel and Hamas conflict, but just in general, whether it was COVID-19 or we even see it with the battle against the sexual indoctrination of kids in schools. You have people who I think uh, are usually young people that have been sort of indoctrinated into becoming social justice warriors and whatever they're plugged into, it's almost like like a parallel, parallel universe where they get fed a narrative and just run with it. I don't think they're critical thinkers. I don't think they dig into it. I don't think they ask the questions that you need to ask to understand what the other side of the story is. And I think the worst part about it is a lot of those people double down when you present them with, you know, well, you know, you're supporting this cause. What would it be like for you if you were living under Hamas? It does not compute. And I, I've seen that when I've interviewed people where it just doesn't make sense what they're protesting for. What, for example, if they say they're anti-fascist and they're behaving like fascists. So things like that. I think this is a pattern we've seen over and over. I watched an interview, inter interesting um, sort of documentary. And I, oh, shoot. It was called... Uh, I'm sorry, I forget the name, but it was about gay Palestinians that flee to Israel to save their lives. One, the, one of the main characters had his dad tried to kill him with a knife when he found out that he was gay. And so they flee to Israel and sometimes they get deported back and forth. But it was just really interesting. It's a horrible place to live. Um, if you're a so-called LGBTQ activist, it makes absolutely no sense. You should want the people of Palestine to be freed from Hamas as well. Could you imagine that, Drea? You're a mother. Uh, I thought a parent's love for their children is unconditional. And here, because of this person's sexual orientation, his own father trying to stab mm -hmm. him to death. I agree with your analysis 100%. I would add one other thing uh, before we uh, whip to a uh, an, an ad break. Um, I go back uh, to about, I think it was 15 years ago or so, where for several years in the Toronto Gay Pride Parade, there was an organization called Queers Against Israeli Apartheid. Now, like I said, the only Middle Eastern country where there is a pride parade mm -hmm. is Israel. 
Israel is not an apartheid state. For goodness sakes, there's Arabs that are members of the Knesset. Right. So what I say, Drea, is that if the premise of your organization is built on a lie, what's the real reason for the ire? Mm -hmm. And I would argue it's nothing more than good old-fashioned anti-Semitism, period. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think... I think members of that community, uh, like in any other community, can be uh, anti-Semites, and their colors are coming out. And speaking of colors, don't fly that rainbow flag in Arab nations. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want you folks to learn the hard way uh, what you're going to encounter. Anyways, we have lots more to come out. More uh, bridge blocking this time in uh, Montreal. It's such a joy to commute in the world these days, isn't it? All these activists just really you know, grinding our gears, even on this, the International Day of Tolerance. And uh, we'll have more to come on the other side of this, folks. Okay, do you have your tickets to Rebel News Live yet? If you don't have them, then you don't want to wait. And if you don't know what Rebel Live is, let me tell you. It's our Rebel News One Day Freedom Conference, and it's coming up November 18th in Calgary. I'll be there with all of your rebellious favorites like David Menzies, Ezra Levant, and so many more. But there's also going to be an incredible lineup of amazing freedom-minded speakers to hear from, like trucker lawyer Chad Williamson, anti-child mutilation activist Billboard Chris, True North's Harrison Faulkner, former journalist Rodney Palmer, Rebel News' own Avi Amini is going to join us in a virtual appearance, and we'll also hear from the Blazes Glenn Beck in a special interview presentation. There are so many others and we're adding more all the time. Just go to rebelnewslive.com to get your tickets and hang out with your favorite rebels, buy exclusive rebel merch and take in our Freedom Expo and live music. But act now because tickets, as always, are going fast and I don't want you to miss out. Go to rebelnewslive.com for tickets, times and the full lineup of speakers. See you November 18th in Calgary. For Rebel News, I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed. You know, Drea, they say you only annoy the ones you love, so I'm going to annoy our beloved Sheila Gunn-Reed again. Uh, the last two days, sorry, folks, if you're going to hear this for the third time, uh, <laughs> I mentioned this to Tamara Ugolini and to Alexa Lavoie. Last Friday, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed sent me a text message <laughs> And I am forbidden for saying uh, what is on that text mes message, and I always keep my vows. But let's put it this way, Drea. The text message was intended for her husband, <laughs> not me. So I got a fury of text messages and phone calls, right? Like, no, 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 no. And, uh, to which I responded, I knew it was too good to be true. So HR, uh, HR. <laughs> not on me. <laughs> but but uh, so uh, uh, again, folks, I, I will never reveal what Sheila Gunn-Reed said to me when she thought she was texting her husband, but... Uh, I've got hand now. I've got hand. Uh, in any event, let's get back to the news of the day. Uh, by oh, the way, Dre, on this, uh, the International Day of Tolerance, have you ever sent a text to somebody that wasn't supposed to get it? Yes, I have. Like, I know I've done that more than once. Probably uh, more not as embarrassing once. as what happened with Sheila, but I have done that more than once. But oh. thankfully, I don't think it was that embarrassing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I bet it wasn't. So why don't we talk about, uh, you know, even if you're pro-Hamas, anti-Israel, you know, pro-Israel, pro-hostages, I mean, do you really have to get your message across by inconveniencing the hell out of innocent people, normal Joes and Janes that just want to go to work, especially that given that this is an international issue in which Canada has no clout. But uh, we saw the uh, Bay Bridge being blocked, and here in Montreal, um, another uh, their largest commuter bridge, as a matter of fact, it was blocked. Um, why? Let's check out the video. accounts got seized <laughs> oh you must be reading my mind or solitary confinement or arrests or yeah. demonization and vilification of the demonstrators and uh i didn't hear it there but i'm sure it was only a matter of time before the do ragour uh, from the river to the sea chant uh started going which is code speak for the eradication of israel right off the face of the planet um and yet um this is the problem i see drea in, uh, well, basically the Western world right now, as law enforcement, as political leaders continue to turn a blind eye, mm -hmm. these people get more and more emboldened. And uh, we saw the other night in Toronto at the, uh, the, uh, the, the book ceremony, uh, the Giller Prize Awards, where that uh, venue was crashed. Uh, at least there were some arrests, I understand, out of that. that that's something good. Mm -hmm. And I've even heard rumors, and it might be just so much uh, smoke, it might be a nothing burger, that um, these cats are going to target uh, the Grey Cup game uh, this Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, again, is it just so much letting off steam there's nothing that can be done the canadian and in fact i think blackface has already done enough damage on the file by speaking about it uh, the way he did two days ago i mean you may as well go on a commuter bridge and demand that the great pumpkin shows himself i mean i don't see uh any way of satiating the demands of this mob yeah, no. And, and on that bridge, you're seeing they're doing it all across, not even letting, you know, half of it go by or anything like that. It's completely sort of a double standard. Obviously, there's a right to pre peacefully protest, but we have assaulting of police officers, blockading during busy traffic hours. What is happening here? Um, I got to say it again. I've said it before. I'm getting a lot of Black Lives Matter uh, vibes with this movement that's happening. And I think that I really started to see that when there was the ripping of the posters of hostages. There was not just one video, not just two. There were so many videos, and I'm sure they're still going, of people ripping down the hostages. It doesn't matter, again, if it's a baby or it's an elderly person. One of the hostages is a teenager who's in a wheelchair. 
Um, I don't know if she still has her wheelchair, but I mean, this is sick. What's happening with um, this and sort of getting brushed off as uh, righteous is, is, again, very concerning and frightening. Of course, it's not absolutely everybody, but we're seeing this increase happen because they're getting away with it. Um, yeah. Not surprising. Drea, you know, I'm glad you raised the issue of the posters. I find this baffling and inexplicable. Those posters, they're not political statements. No. Uh, they're not messages of hatred uh, towards uh, a person or an identifiable group of people. These are basically solemn reminders that behind that 242 number, Here's this 10-month-old child. Here's this Holocaust survivor. Here's this senior citizen, uh, and so on. Why is it that those on the pro-Hamas side of the equation in Western cities are so triggered by the mere sight of mm -hmm. these uh, posters? And, of course, I was going to say, look at this guy, but... Uh, Apparently, it's a it's a woman. Well, what's a woman? Uh, this uh, humanoid uh, is. Uh, and why is it they're always wearing face diapers? We're, we're, we're more than a year beyond, you know, that mandate uh, for uh, general society. But what is your take? What is your theory? Why they are so triggered by the faces of those innocent victims being held hostage? Again, they've got their label, their box that they're in, and they're sort of almost like, what do they call themselves, comrades out on a mission. And so this is what they think they have to do. It's it's almost like there's a grooming. And you talk about the mass. Well, that's pushed out. I, I can't say specifically for the anti-Israel protest, but it wouldn't surprise me. But in other places, they're being told to wear masks to hide their face. They're being yes. told to, if there's anybody you disagree with, find their license plate. Um, you have the anti or Canadian anti-hate network, heavily funded by Trudeau, putting out a manual on how to counter pro certain certain things. And those are typically masked people. And we're seeing uh, people masking their face face in this anti-Israel movement, wearing scarves across their face. Yeah. Uh, men are doing it too, or they have the face masks and they're purple and green hair. And I can tell you from experience, uh, when Avery and I went down to um, Old City Hall in Toronto on Saturday to um, uh, commemorate Remembrance Day and for the added right. purpose of seeing if there was going to be any kind of shenanigans going on with the pro-Hamas crowd. Can you imagine there was a woman, well, I think she yes. was a woman, um, that, so. uh, and of course, wearing a mask, which right off the bat set off my spidey senses. And sure <laughs> yeah. enough, um, she inter interrupted uh, on yeah. several occasions uh, Remembrance Day, you know, and, and it, it's just absolutely uh, uncanny because um, I went over to her with some other members of the media to interview her. She's made this public spectacle of herself. By the way, wasn't wearing a poppy, I should point out, and not. Um, could not answer questions. And maybe, you know, Olivia, should we uh, throw to that video of this? You have to show the Asian guy, too. You can't just show her. You have to show that. Too. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, if you have it. Okay, that's cool. So well, let's just run a little bit of this footage. Why do you have no respect? Did any of your parents or grandparents serve? Yes. They must be proud of you today. 
sure. You're not sure? I said sure. <laughs> you a liar, right fucking a liar. Right 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 oh, yeah, he swears so much. Right now, show your face. 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 Show your face anyway. Wait, wait, ma'am, do you find it ironic? You're not being accosted, you're not being physically assaulted, thank goodness. But if someone goes to a pro-Hamas demonstration, they would get assaulted. If someone shows a poster of an Israeli hostage, they would be assaulted. Why, why the different standard? I just wonder why you, that's a question. They protest us in my country twice time, what are you doing for? I better for Chinese Communist Party for once time, what are you doing for? You, you chose a science? Huh? You chose, chose a f science? You free what? Where is this country from? <laughs> Nobody knows! We are proud to stand uh, for those who pay uh, ultimate sacrifice for our freedom and safety in Canada. Solomon. And I came here as a refugee and I'm proud for what I did today. And I show my face. You are ashamed and you cover your face. Well, folks, you, you never know who you're going to bump into at a Remembrance Day. Yeah, so, you know, to my point, Drea, it just shows you the different vibe in the two camps of uh, demonstrators these days. If you or I, forget that we're journalists, if we just showed up to a pro-Hamas rally and waved an Israeli flag, and chanted pro-Israel slogans. That's not going to go well. You saw that woman. She was surrounded by a hostile mob. And when I say hostile, um, verbally abusive, and I totally understand the use of F-bombs in terms of what she did, but no one laid a finger on her. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah, no, I was going to try to find a video because you said, you know, forget that we're journalists. Oh, I think I found it. Um, but I don't know if we need to forget that we're journalists because even that we're journalists, if we're just going and recording what's happening, it's also a source of conflict for some reason, which it shouldn't be. Um, I'm just sharing a link of, and thankfully the majority of the protesters at this protest didn't, uh, you know, react to this guy, but he's literally trying to sick them on me. I don't know if we have time to play it. I don't think it wasn't very long, but I put it in the group, but, um, He's trying to sick them on me just for filming what's happening. There's that chat, the genocide chat. This person is from the right-wing news website, Rebel News. <laughs> That's who this person is. She's from Rebel News. What are you Ezra trying Lebert, to do, sir? Hard right website that spreads misinformation and hatred. That's who this person is. She's a journalist, well, so-called journalist, for Rebel News. That's who this is. Rebel News. Well, Drea, look on the bright side. At least you weren't called a white supremacist. <laughs> I have been called this before. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and a Nazi, somehow. <laughs> you know, what does hard right mean when these imbeciles say that? I mean, that you're I don't know, right of mousy tongue. Uh, you know, it's just outrageous. But getting back to um, the gal that showed up at the Toronto Remembrance Day ceremony, not very bright. I mean, even if I agreed with her position, what a terrible spokeswoman because there was other members of the media. You had the floor. You can now explain what your position is. And 
90% of the interaction was her just looking stunned as though she were, uh, I don't know, a deer staring into the high beams of a Hummer on the 401. Um, so here's, I, I guess, a lesson for all these cranks going to demonstrations. Do your homework, have your talking points, because maybe you might get interviewed and you don't want to be like that I got to call her a bitch because that is what oh. she is. Um, and you know what, Drea? Uh, we've had more than 100,000 Canadians and Newfoundlanders uh, pay the ultimate sacrifice in the First and Second World Wars and the other wars and conflicts. And part of what they died for was to enshrine our rights and freedoms. And clearly we have evidence that in Canada of 2023, if you want to be a belligerent, rude moron, you have that right. Yeah, you can go to a Remembrance Day ceremony, say, you know, interrupt it and not get harmed. Uh, but where is the gratitude? She couldn't even wear a poppy. And my final thought on this, it just goes to show that four years ago, Drea, when Don Cherry called out these people, right, mm -hmm. he was ahead of the curve. He was telling the truth, as uncomfortable as it may be. And what happened? He got canceled. And the likes of this get to walk around um, disturbing uh, what I consider to be a sacred ceremony, uh, regardless of what your religion is. Absolutely despicable. Um, speaking of despicable, we have uh, <laughs> NDP leader uh, uh, Jugmeet Singh. Uh, he's got some comments about uh, the Israel government, uh, kind of mocks that of his partner, blackface, or I mean, not mocks, it, it's, it walks in uh, lockstep with it. Uh, let's hear what the anointed one has to say. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised that, that Netanyahu is concerned about uh, being criticized. This is a, uh, a leader that has been criticized by the people of Israel soundly. Uh, is uh, running an extremist government. Uh, the Netanyahu government is an extremist government. This is this is an extremist himself with with very dangerous policies, uh, dangerous to democracy, dangerous to the people of Israel. People in Israel have very uh, actively opposed his agenda, have protested him, and so he, I, I'm not surprised that he is he is responding. There should obviously be a full respect for international law. And there are deep concerns about that not being followed. And so that's that's a fair criticism. My concern about uh, Prime Minister Trudeau is that he has not yet taken the position of a ceasefire and a release of hostages. That that combined position is one that we need to take as a nation. We play a very significant role in the world. Our voice would have would have weight, would make a difference if we were to call for that combined position as a nation of a release of hostages and a ceasefire to stop the violence, to be a for peace, that would be something very important and very significant. And so far, the prime minister has not taken that stance. And, and that is something people are critical of. And I understand why. Uh, Drea, you know, my favorite Yiddish word is chutzpah. It means sheer unmitigated gall. And for jugmeat to even mention the word extremist, this yeah. is guy, this is a guy who is pro-Kalistani. Right. This is a guy who has ties to violent Kalistani leaders. Let's not forget it was the Kalistan movement that was responsible for the biggest 
act of terrorism in Canada, although it happened off our shores. It was the uh, explosion of the Air India flight uh, back in the 1980s, more than 300 people dying. And he's, that's the kind of crew he's in tight with. And he's talking about um, Benjamin Netanyahu being an extremist. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Why can't you fly to India? Like <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. hypocritical. And and just saying the word extremist over and over and over in such a short amount of time, it's like you just want to get that label out. You know, it reminds me totally of propaganda. Um, and you, he's gotten away with it before. With we all know he thinks those who opposed vaccine mandates were extremists. He was in support of uh, the heavy-handed Emergencies Act coming down on those peaceful people. So I'm not surprised to hear him say extremists so many times. But what would India say about you, Mr. Jagmeet Singh? I think they would say this, Drea. Uh, hey, Jagmeet, look in the mirror. You want to see an yeah. extremist up close? Uh, yeah. There you have it. Well, let's get on to some uh, local stories. Well, here in Hogtown, you know, folks, I was born and bred here. I've lived most of my life in Toronto. I used to be the biggest Toronto supporter. Uh, I'm from the generation that subscribed to what Peter Usinov said about Toronto in 1987. It's New York is run by the Swiss. Oh, boy, has that boat sailed. Uh, you just need to drive around, see the litter, the graffiti, the homeless encampments, something that was of yesterday you would never see in Toronto. And now it looks like Hogtown is proud of uh, this. You will not believe this story. Drea, do you know that uh, here's a city, which is broke, by the way. Mm -hmm. It went out of its way to slap... City of Toronto logos on, um, you know, basically to make the free drug gear uh, branded. Now, Drea, I understand when, like, if you're shopping for a car and mm -hmm. you're going to buy a BMW, really the the most salient reason why is to get that little logo, you know, the propeller logo, BMW, because God forbid you don't want anyone to think your sports sedan is a Kia or a Ford or anything, you know. But the idea of the city of Toronto branding drug gear at a cost of $33,000, right? Mm. I know in terms of a budget that's in the billions, uh, you're going to say, well, that that's nothing. You know what? In the bigger picture, no matter where, what city we're talking about, Drea, mm -hmm. I would like to see, and I've only seen it once happen, and that was with the late, great Rob Ford, somebody become mayor, and go through the city budget, line by line by line. It would be agonizing. It would take days. And cherry pick all the rubbish spending, such as $33,000 yeah. for branded drug gear, because that's step one to becoming financially solvent, in my opinion, Drea. Well, absolutely. That's what needs to happen in all governments in Canada. We need a complete overhaul. I think, Pierre... Uh, Polyev, when I asked him a question about that, he claims that that would be one of the first things he would do federally is sort of assess where all of the money is being spent. And we definitely need to do that. Is it, is it true? I, I mean, I don't report on Ontario news much, but doesn't Doug Ford own like a, or invest in, isn't he invested in a label company? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Be 
Yeah, she, should we be looking at a tie? I think he did very well during COVID with the under, labels. That is the rumor. I got to say rumor. I don't have the fact. Yeah. It's Deco labels. It's uh, There's uh, one uh, an outlet in Toronto and one in Chicago. I understand business was booming uh, for Deco labels. You know, all those little directional arrows for stores to make sure we didn't go yep. down the wrong way of a one-way aisle uh, and get uh, the COVID cooties. And I can only, I, I say rumored, uh, Drea, because we went there uh, to Deco Labels to find out if that was true since uh, Dougie doesn't respond to our emails or any other communication anymore. And uh, what happened? Well, knocked me down with a feather. They called the police on us. I said an impolite question through the intercom. And uh, in a matter of minutes, a police SUV was there to say, um, beat please. it. And we did. So uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, speaking of Toronto and um, money, uh, we have a little uh, clip. Uh, I, I guess it's of uh, Christian Freeland uh, pretending to be one of Santa's elves about a month early, uh, <laughs> dropping by uh, to give an announcement along with Comrade Chow. Uh, let's check out uh, what uh, the deputy PM had to say, folks. There is no government in the history of Canada that has invested as much in Canadian cities, that has invested as much in this great city of Toronto as our government. And we are making those investments every single day. Uh, you know, when we formed government in 2015, the federal government was investing in that year $200 million in the city of Toronto. This year, 23-24, the city of federal government will invest nearly $1.9 billion dollars in the city of Toronto. Next year, and this is money that's already on the books. Um, next year, we are slated to invest $2.3 billion in the city of Toronto in 24-25. Again, that's money that is there. It's there in the fiscal track. And sometimes a person can, um, you know, sometimes big numbers like that um, cannot be really meaningful to people. So what do those investments mean? They mean things like this concrete investment in the brickworks that makes such a difference to so many people in Toronto, including people in my neighborhood. Um, they mean investments like the big affordable housing investment uh, that I announced on Tuesday. So we believe in Toronto and there is a lot of money that is being invested in the city of Toronto every day. No, the brickworks is no big deal. And next time there's a Hurricane Hazel that hits Toronto, the brickworks is going to be underwater, Drea. But uh, here's the thing. I'm going to give Fraulein Freeland the benefit of the doubt and accept that the blackface liberals um, hold the record for investing into Toronto. My question, Drea, is where is this money going? I mean, where's the beef, as Clara Peller, the spokeswoman for uh, Wendy's, used to say back in the 80s? Like, all I see, as I said before, graffiti, mm -hmm. litter, homeless encampments. Where is all this money going? That's a very good question. We need to get Tamara Uglini on it. <laughs> but, but where is it going? I don't know. I, diversity somewhere, uh, probably, I would guess. But... Again, we need to, citizens really need to put pressure on the government to narrow down where the finances are and cut the crap on frivolous spending. And 
they have this Trudeau does that too every time he comes to Vancouver he's like we're giving this we're spending this or we're promising this and it's like it, it's like that Oprah you get a car you get a car you get a car kind of thing but is anybody getting the car who's getting the cars I don't know does yeah. anybody know anybody who got the car yeah right? thanks blackface <laughs> I'm sure the budget's really going to balance itself by all these giveaways but you know when you talk about frivolous spending if I may one quick anecdote Drea uh, some 15 years ago, when the late, great Rob Ford was a city councillor, used to go on John Oakley's show on AM 640 every Thursday morning, and it was must-listen radio. And all he would do is bring a file with him and read verbatim about a city program. And, wow. uh, the, and it was typically an example of outrageous waste. And the, the worst one I can remember, Drea, was a $50,000 pilot program to teach homeless people how to stilt walk. Still, I mean, like a Cirque du Soleil hiring or something? I did not see that. Like, this is beyond parody. I did not think you were going to say that. I mean, like, you know. I mean, just, I mean, buy them tents and raincoats for goodness sake. How is that a portable skill, Drea? $50,000 of Toronto taxpayer money teaching homeless people how to stilt walk. Absolutely what unbelievable. On earth? Yeah, and it's right there in writing. It's not hyperboloyal. And um, there you go. So I, I'm sure you have examples on, on your side of the coast. But um, I, again, th that's where we are. Uh, like I said, if all these billions, uh, soon it'll be trillions, are going into Toronto or Ontario, um, where is the tangible results? We're still waiting, Drea, on the the completion of the Crosstown LRT uh, Eglinton line. Uh, it goes back, I think, 15 years now. Do you know they're so over budget and so past deadline? They don't even give deadlines anymore. They go, when's it going to be done? When when are the trains running? Uh, well, boss, you know, we're having some difficulty with the rails, right? I, difficulty with the rails? Haven't we had choo-choo trains for 300 years now, Drea? I mean, like, it, it's unbelievable, and uh, it shouldn't be tolerated. And I think a reason why it is tolerated is government versus private sector. You know, if we were project managers with a private company and we were always over budget, over budget and uh, past deadline, we're fired. So sorry, mm -hmm. got to see you go. You're incompetent. With government, no heads ever roll. So there's always that safety net. You can be as incompetent as you can imagine, and nothing's going to happen to you. And um, I don't see anything changing until we get somebody like a Rob Ford back with the reins of power. But uh, we are significantly lacking there. Now, I see we're yeah. heading to the uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, Mark, Andrea, uh, do we have any Super Chats that we have to get to? We do. I think we have one. It's All not right. too late to add another if you want to say hi, but we have Bedrock donates $5. Thank you very much. Says, Drea, can you share what you know of the class action lawsuit against Bonnie Henry? Uh, did you not work in healthcare? Are you a nurse by training? Oh, we're getting personal there. <laughs> um, so for the first part of your your uh, question, I believe you are referring to the Canadian Society for the Advancement of Science and Public Policy, 
You can tell I've reported on that many times because it can actually say that <laughs> lengthy name. And um, I don't believe they have had a decision come down on whether or not they will be certified for their class action lawsuit, uh, which is against the government related to COVID-19 mandates. So I have done um, coverage of that, and I think it's still a waiting game. And I know if you go to the website, I think they're having a Christmas banquet if you want to support them or something like that. So CSAP, C-S-A-S-P-P is where you would find out the latest information if there's anything else there. Um, but there is, and uh, since you asked about that, there is another uh, judicial review that is coming up, and I'll be reporting on that next week. And so that is being put on by the Can Canadian Society for, Eth for Science and Ethics in Medicine. I hope I got that right. And uh, so that's actually put on by BC doctors and they are actually challenging. Of course, many of you know, if you're in British Columbia, there is still a vaccine mandate against healthcare workers. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. And I will be reporting on that for you as well. Um, yes, I, I was a healthcare worker. <laughs> I am one of those healthcare workers who no longer has my position. Um and uh, so I was a caregiver. And before that, I was actually an optician for many years. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Drea, I, I learned something new every day. I didn't know you were a, a former healthcare worker. You know, I, I've done something to my knee. Next time we meet up, can you uh, check it out for me? Uh, strictly professional, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm better with the mental health stuff. Oh, so maybe okay. we can talk about that privately. Oh, well, <laughs> that's, friend. That's uh, the you know, field you, I was in. Uh, mental I, I'm going to lay down on that couch and uh, we might need three or four days to get through my <laughs> mental health issues. Are you kidding me? You shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> well, good for you. You're, you're a, a multi-talented uh, individual and uh, we're so glad you're over on the journalism side with Rebel News. And uh, with that, folks, uh, we're uh, past 2 p.m. So... Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, especially uh, the person that gave us a uh, super chat there. And thanks, of course, to Olivia behind the boards. And, of course, my lovely and talented co-host, Drea Humphrey. Um, it'll be the Alberta team tomorrow, Friday. And in the meantime, as always, folks, stay safe and stay sane. I think uh, people... Um who are experiencing homelessness uh, is a huge and urgent issue for cities uh, and municipalities across the country. It's a huge and urgent issue for the city of Toronto. Um, today is a beautiful, sunny day, but we know winter is coming. And so I think it's an important issue for us to be focused on and thoughtful about. The federal government this year is investing more than $4 billion, $4.2 billion in dollars in supporting refugees and asylum seekers. And we made an additional significant investment of nearly $100 million uh, over the summer to support the city of Toronto. Um, but you know, I recognize uh, that it's an important issue and conversations are ongoing. No announcement for me on that today, though. Yes, conversation is continuing. Um, even just yesterday, we had conversation with Minister Bill Blair, uh, which is National Defense, and uh, we're slated to meet early next week. Um, 
uh, also conversation with the immigration minister, Mark Miller, because what the city is seeking is really, yes, the armories, but that's very short term, uh, a reception center. You've heard talk about that, and I think there's some movement into that, and also um, some kind of uh, funding support. We're very grateful for the 97 million, and I need another 100 plus because the number of refugees have uh, grown by 54%, so it was quite dramatic, and the, uh, and the housing benefits. Um, so there's very, very active, ongoing discussion and hopefully there will be some solutions because as the winter approach, next week it's gonna go down to minus three. Uh, no one should be out on the streets sleeping, especially those refugees that are arriving uh, to the streets of Toronto.